today is Epiphany Sunday and we reflect on the journey of the Magi, the first non-Jewish people to seek out and worship Jesus. And here they are on the slide. These are the little um, figures um, on my hearth at home. The three kings, Caspar, Melchior and Balthazar, kneeling with the shepherds adoring the baby Jesus, occasionally suffering abuse at the hands, or I should maybe say the paws, of our cat, Tiddles. And as Nick has done this morning, we have to start with some myth-busting here. These visitors referred to at the beginning of chapter 2 were not kings. Uh, We don't know how many there were. And the names are not recorded in scripture. And most probably, they don't actually belong in the nativity scene. Uh, Because by the time they reached Bethlehem, Bethlehem, four or five months after seeing the star, the shepherds would have long departed. Now, there are two questions arise from the first uh, couple of verses of this chapter. Firstly, who were the Magi? According to the Greek historian Herodotus, they were originally a Median tribe, and the Medians, after failing to overthrow their Persian conquerors around 600 BC, exchanged political power for religious power as priests. They studied the stars as well as philosophy, medicine, and natural science. And for this reason, they became known as wise men. And secondly, how on earth did they know about prophecies of the Messiah? Well, since the time of the exile of the Jews from Jerusalem between 605 and 586 BC, Babylon and the former Persian Empire had a big Jewish population. And therefore, prophecies about the Messiah were quite well known. And these included one about a star in numbers, which the Magi were probably aware of. And it it reads like this, Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall arise out of Israel. So the Magi identified an unfamiliar light in the sky, and they believed that it pointed to the appearance of the great king of the Jewish people. So they saddled up their camels and they set out on a long, long journey into the unknown, prepared to follow that star wherever it led them. Uh, You can look at the map here to get an idea of the journey, which with a camel train covering around 30 miles a day would have taken months. And what about the star they were following? Well, there are natural explanations. For example, the 17th century astronomer Joseph Kepler thought that it was a conjunction of the planets Saturn and Jupiter, which did occur in 7 BC. And I think personally, although God certainly can work through the natural universe, I think it's more likely that this star was God's supernatural work. 
It moved, it gave direction, and it came to a standstill in a street in Bethlehem. Now, the second section of the passage this morning in verses 3 to 8 records the arrival in the, of the Magi in Jerusalem, which we read frightened, frightened Herod the Great. Was he great? Well, if greatness is measured by the ability to cling on to political power, Herod deserved the title. He was the only non-Jewish ruler to ever keep the peace in Judea. But he was paranoid. As a younger man, he murdered his brother-in-law and others whom he perceived as a threat, including one of his ten wives. He was terrified of the threat to his somewhat fragile kingship under Roman occupation. And Herod was in open rebellion against God. Herod believed the prophecy about Jesus' birthplace, which he learned from his scribes and chief priests, but he actually thought he could thwart God's plan, find Jesus, and murder him. Verse 12 reminds us that he could not. The Magi were warned in a dream to take a detour on the way home. And six miles south of Jerusalem, in Bethlehem, the Magi's long journey came to an end. We find them kneeling in the dirt of a stable, their faces lit up with joy. And the gifts which they give are rich in prophetic imagery and meaning. The gift of gold representing the kingship of Jesus, his royalty, his rule over the world. Frankincense used in incense and perfume representing the priesthood and pointing to Christ's ministry among the people. And myrrh, perhaps the most profound, was a spice used for anointing the dead, speaking of Christ's death and resurrection. I imagine the puzzled expressions on the faces of the young Mary and Joseph when they were presented with myrrh. You know, I think the three key players in this story challenge us this morning. There's Herod clinging to his power and feeling threatened. There's the complacency and the indifference of the scribes and religious leaders who had the necessary head knowledge but missed the moment of Jesus' arrival. And there's the attentiveness and the wonder of the Magi. Are we like the Magi? Do we go out of our way to get to know Jesus? How much time do we spend kneeling before him in humble worship? Like Herod, 
Do we feel a bit frightened and threatened? Are we frightened to relinquish the kingship in areas of our own lives to give way to the rightful king? Are we like the priests and the religious elite, knowing and accepting the facts of faith in our heads, but not really in our hearts? I know that at least in me, there are elements of all three. We're all, I'm sure, aware of the beautiful carol in the bleak midwinter. It was written by Christina Rossetti, the 19th century poet and devout follower of Jesus, who devoted herself to her family and her faith, ministering to former prostitutes and working with the Society for Promoting Christian Knowledge. Let me just read that last verse of her carol. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what I can, I give him. I give him my heart. I go back to the picture of the Magi kneeling in worship and joy. And at the start of this new year, let's resolve to be a little bit less like Herod and the religious elite and a little bit more like the Magi. My prayer for all of us is that we may discover the guiding light of God's presence and rediscover the wonder and awe at the birth of our Saviour. Amen.